G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz and this is episode number 33 of the Outback Mine podcast. Appreciate you joining in again. Thanks very much for your support. I really, uh, really appreciate uh, everyone's kind messages and, uh, and generosity uh, with regards to what we're doing here. We're bringing on some some amazing people that have got some tremendous stories to tell, and guys that you know never never would have thought that they would be able to actually you know do a podcast, but also to talk openly and honestly about their journey. And today's guest is no exception. Uh, this guy's got an incredible story, Tim Lassig. Um, uh, I'll get into Tim's uh, story or detail more in a minute, but um, he was brought up in Mackay, uh, North Queensland or North Central Queensland. Tim um, had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, well, t- childhood trauma is probably the best way of, of putting it. Um, his father was a priest and uh, had lots of uh, expectations on him and um, uh, his other family members as, as a young fellow. So Tim decided to leave home at 16 and it sort of brought on a... A period of, of, of uncertainty, he didn't really know what to do, had lots of um, uh, you know, feelings of rejection, shame, fear, guilt, all the bad stuff, um, which led him into deep depression, chronic um, anxiety, drug use, um, which was a daily thing for him until he was uh, 48 years of age. So when he, when he hit 48, Tim sort of had a bit of a line ball uh, moment or a line ball decision to, to, to make. And uh, he was married at the time, split up with his partner. He had thoughts of going back to his old ways more heavily, back into the uh, the substance abuse uh, more and more uh, to, to numb the pain or take a, a different direction. So instead of turning left, he turned right. And Tim um, went on a bit of a journey of self-discovery, which took him into, uh, I suppose, understanding spirituality, but not so much as a religious um, pursuit, but more to be connected to what's possible as a human and what our, our, our role here is and, and our our purpose in life. So Tim, uh, a few years later, three years later, that was 2018, has become one of Australia's um, most recognised and, and, and I suppose connected sound therapists. So he actually uh, provides sound therapy and also provides instruments to people to be able to learn tools to self-heal. And that's how I, I, I become connected with Tim through my own um, interest in, in instruments and what that can actually do for mental health and how that can improve our, our well-being um, mentally, but also physically and how it uh, settles everything down in the body to make us feel good again. And uh, I think this is the power that we have within ourselves to be able to take that power back and, uh, and do things every day to help us um, you know, get grounded and, and recalibrate. So... So Tim has developed a really healthy relationship with life now and um, he's expressing that through his music but also through his personality and that's why I was so keen to get him on for a chat. Just also, I want to make a special mention to Green Nutritionals who help out with the podcast. Now, this is a product that, um, that really supports mental health and physical health, so really pure organic um, superfoods. So if you want to jump on their website, uh, greennutritionals.com.au and we also get a bit of help uh, from B Primal which provide minimalist footwear gets our, our feet working like they're meant to uh, we don't have all the lower back issues and or issues and uh, and hemi issues like we uh, we experience when we wear heels or run in heels so if you want to check them out it's just the letter bprimal.com.au and uh, yeah look forward to um, 
uh, some other uh, supporting partners coming on uh, to this podcast uh, in the near future to be able to help it uh, reach more people and uh, and spread the uh, the message of well-being, uh, prehabilitative uh, approach rather than rehabilitative approach is what we're all about and uh, helping uh, people learn the, the ability to be able to look after themselves better physically and mentally. Without further ado, we'll get Tim along and I uh, hope you enjoy the podcast. Tim Lassig, welcome to the Outback Mind podcast. Mate, great to be on here. Uh, it is. Uh, it's amazing how this has come about, but mates, you know, after sort of hearing about your journey and what you've been through, uh, it's so relevant to so many guys out there, but also so many women that have had an upbringing which has sort of taken them on the taken them on this roller coaster of life that uh, they were never really able to understand or discover who they they they, they really are, uh, and you know, it sort of leads us down a path of self destruction. And, and mate, you're a you're, you're an unbelievable uh, example of that, you know, with what you've been through. So I really want to explore that more, mate. And can you start telling us about what happened to you as a young guy, like from an early age to that time you left home? Yeah, certainly. I, I think growing up, it was always, um, it was very tough. I was the oldest of six kids. And uh, my father was very conservative uh, Christian. And I uh, became a minister when I was probably early teen years mm. and was, you know, just very heavy handed disciplinarian um, and it was all very heavy religion. So it was like, you know, you can't do this, you can do that, you can't do this. It was a very rule based existence mm. and, uh, and a lot of shaming uh, and guilt that was kind of put on us, uh, put on me as I was growing up, or I certainly felt that way for not being the way that I was supposed to be. Mm. And uh, so, I've, like, for me, it was probably my teen years where I just started to go, this is something inherently wrong with this. Mm. But I didn't have mentors or people around me who um, could guide me. I was just, like, I was cutting against the the tide and all the people that we knew were similar yeah and so yeah i i began to really rebel against uh, my parents uh and against what i saw as an unfair system which you know was often manifested at school or after school in in you know in employment and i ended up having this real rebellious streak um and and just a lot of like trauma i didn't even know about a lot of depression mm. you know uh, and when you're 16 17 year old kid and and uh really all you want is is to be loved and supported but you you have never felt like you've gotten that mm. it's very easy to go off the rails yeah yeah and and so that's pretty that's what i did i, I left home before i left school um and that was, I, I didn't really think about until very recently the emotional impact of that. Mm. It's like my parents moved towns and I refused to leave. And here I was in year 12 and putting myself through school. I was going to work. I worked at Woolworths. I made money so I could pay my board and my school fees and stuff like that. And I wasn't getting any support or, or financial assistance from my family. That's very isolating, mm. and, you know. And, and I, I don't didn't really recognise until recent times 
how kind of lost and alone I felt. Mm, I was going to say, yeah. mate, um, that empty feeling that you have when you are a young fellow and you feel disconnected, that, that's, that, that's, that's really the hollow hole that you, that you sort of swim in. Um, yeah. And you, you, you go back to that feeling consistently of feeling lost, I guess. Yeah, 100%. And, and so it was like this oscillation um, between uh, rebellion and depression and overreaction and almost kind of antisocial behaviour because I just felt different. I felt alone. I felt, mm. you know, I didn't feel included yeah. uh, in society. And so, you know, I started drinking while I was still at school. I was smoking um, cigarettes. And um, it was not long after I left school where, um, you know, I started to, to find uh, drugs, you know, mainly just marijuana to start off with. Um, and kind of, it was just a, a, a great way to disconnect. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right, feel. mate. You, you get back to that, that feeling of hollowness. It, it gives you a bit of a high, but then you go back to that feeling of hollowness again. As I, as I describe it, I, I understand that. And it's really, it's amazing, mate. You know, we, we, we go through this cycle of life, um, you know, early. And what is it that we can actually do to help um, people identify that feeling in, in, in a young man to be able to you know, help them? And, and you never really, it sounds like, had anyone around you that you could, that you could utilize to, to help guide you. And, and back then, you were, you were a little bit older than I am, but the only way to really find connection was go to the church, and that's what you were running away from. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And so, you know, yeah, there was... Occasionally, I found support in unlikely places. Like, I had a boss who was probably what I would have called a mentor for a short period. Right. And a, a lady in an apprenticeship scheme who helped me a lot. Um, but apart from that, you were just on your own. Yeah, unbelievable, isn't it? You know, you're just thrown out there and, and you cut loose and... And um, and you just got to fend for yourself. And and there was none of the things that there are around now. Like uh, and I probably wouldn't have reached out for them anyway. There was, you know, no Beyond Blue or mm. what you know, all of these different services that are are around. But pathways to support, mate. I, I guess I uh, just wanted to to jump in there, Tim. Um, yeah. With with what you're saying there. Uh, it's bringing back some, some, some things for me too, but when, you, when you, you feel lost, like the whole school system, I, I talk about this a lot, is really gearing us to support the economy, but we don't have any, anyone teaching us how to support ourselves. Yeah. And it sounds like you never had that. No, no, I didn't. And, and I think there was like, I had no idea of, of what trauma was. I had no idea like, the effects of, of my upbringing from a very young age and what, how that man would manifest later mm. down the track. And, and my dad wasn't a bad person. Mm. He was just a guy who had, who's, his dad had been shot in the war and was an alcoholic yeah. and was broken, just a broken person. And so there was this theme of rejection and abandonment that was passed through in different ways. And mm. he was just doing the best he could with limited toolkit yeah that's right you know and and so it, it i'm very grateful for it all now i i i'm at the place that i am in my life 
But, you know, I went and got a tattoo when I was 19. It, it's a Grim Reaper on my back. It says yeah. Dr. Death. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I, I got a dragon <laughs> at that time. It's amazing, like, just, uh, just to, to change the subject, I have all these really light tattoos now, but when I was a young bug, I had these dark ones like a, a puma and a dragon, you know? Yeah. Uh, now, yeah. now it's totally different. But, um, yeah, it's amazing. That, that, that's a real resemblance of how someone's actually uh, feeling inside. Yeah, that's right. And then, you know, I hit 20 and my mum, she died of a brain tumour. Uh, and you know, I used to, I used to hate my parents when I was 16, still at home. <laughs> I, I would hate them like so with so much venom yeah. and I would wish, I would just wish that they would die. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, you know, it was just pain. It was just all pain. But then all of a sudden she was dying and then she was dead, mm. you know? And it's like, it, it's, it created a huge guilt and shame spiral for me. Mm. Um, from that, like my mum passed when I was 20. My girlfriend got pregnant when I was 21. My daughter was born when I was 22. I wasn't ready to have a child. I hadn't even dealt with my mum passing away. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I, I left that relationship when my daughter was 11 months mm. um, because I was just, I, I wasn't in a place. I'm very clear that me leaving was the best thing that happened. Yeah, right, yep. You know, but then that's small guilt and shame, right? Mm. So then there was this huge spiral from that point onwards, which went right to a near-death experience when I was 29. Well, I got right heavily into drugs. I was dealing drugs. I was taking drugs Thursday to Monday every weekend and partying and, and just avoiding responsibility and avoiding feeling and, and avoiding the guilt and shame that was really underneath it all. Where were you living then? I was living in Sydney. Right, I moved so to Sydney right when I was 22. It. Right amongst it. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, I, I nearly died when I was 29. I, I went on a 13 day bender and didn't sleep for 13 days. Mm. I went from like nearly 80 kilos to 60 kilos. Mm. And um, yeah, it was, it should have been death for me. I don't know how I got through it to be honest. Were you hospitalised through that? No, no, I just lay in misery in my uh, my place that I was sharing with a friend of mine. Mm. Uh, the darkest period of my life after that. Mm. Um, but it's what I needed. It was it was the kind of draw that broke the camel's back, and I was just like, I can. There's only two ways out of this mess, and that is death or jail. Mm. Mm. And it was a turning point. Did anything happen then, mate? Did you get incarcerated or did uh, anything sort of change your life at that period? Yeah, I was very lucky. I, I didn't get caught. Uh, I was one of the lucky ones. Um, and, and it was interesting because even through it all, I wasn't, I, I didn't really see myself as a criminal. I was just a guy who was off the rails partying and helping other people do the same. So yeah. I wasn't a gun-toting kind of dodgy guy. I was always had... I was honest and, and reliable and uh, but still dealing drugs, still like impacting people's lives heavily. Did anyone ask and, you, um, uh, Tim, did anyone ask you why you're behaving like this? No. Hmm. No, no. I mean, most of the people around me uh, wanted me to be around them. But anyone, it was a validation. Any of the police, anyone in your support, or I wouldn't say support network, but anyone that you had in your life, did anyone ask you that question? No, 
not that not that I not that I can think of and I was so far removed from family and people who weren't a part of that world that they didn't really know mm, yeah yeah so it all fell onto my shoulders um I did the landmark forum which was a catalyst for change for me which is a personal development course um and and I feel like oh that that was a huge catalyst but I was ready to change yeah and I, I i think that was the key it was like i had seen the two paths in front of me and both of them were bad and i and i had to redefine and create a new path so and you, find find a means to do that you went on a like a journey from then to the age of 48 and i think you had a separation your marriage and uh, some some sort, sort of things got you to another point where you had to redivert your life is that right yeah yeah, yeah. From 30 onwards, I worked hard. I did the businessman thing. You know, I was a responsible business person and doing things legally and blah, blah, blah. But I was still drinking pretty much every day and still taking drugs recreationally. And, and, um, and yeah, I, and really not owning up to and being responsible for myself. So I had a pattern of cheating on my partners. Mm. Um, and, so, and it was all still part of this guilt and shame cycle mm. that I hadn't gotten to anywhere near to discerning or actually healing. Mm. And um, 48, yeah, I, my wife and I decided to separate uh, and I take responsibility for my part in that, which was significant. Mm. Um, and we had a, I think, nine-year-old son at the time and and it just hit me. Like, when when they moved out, it hit me like a ton of bricks and, and I literally smoked weed for three weeks straight. Really? I, I didn't I didn't do anything. I smoked the most weed I'd smoked in a very long time. I just sat at home and smoked and smoked and smoked until one morning I just woke up and I just went, I know exactly where this road leads. Mm. And it was just this defining moment of I can't do this anymore. It, it, if my life is to change, now it's entirely 100% up to me to flip it 180 degrees. So what did you do? Uh, something just clicked. Something just, it was like, I, I, I remember thinking to myself, this is the halfway mark. This is the halfway mark in my life. I've spent half of my life just destroying myself and not being responsible and, and hurting other people. And th this is the start of the opposite of that. Mm. And so I just, I stopped everything. I stopped drinking. I stopped taking any form of drugs. I stopped drinking coffee. I stopped drinking tea. I stopped drinking anything that was a substance that I was a slave to. Mm. Yeah. That, that had control over me and I didn't have control over it. Mm. Mm. And, um, and what that did was it opened me up to allow everything that it was hiding to come to the surface. Yeah. Which was guilt, which was shame, which was trauma from my grief and sadness from my mum dying, mm. you know, trauma and grief and sadness from leaving my daughter and, and from my childhood. Like, and I could start healing what was actually causing the addictions and causing all of these kind of masking techniques. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, that's it. So mate. yeah, I started. I was going to say, yeah, look, yeah, you, you, you're right. Masking techniques primarily, and um, uh, it's amazing how society accepts that. In America, years ago, there was a thing about if someone went to work with a hangover, they'd actually like ask them to go and get help. <laughs> you know, oh, wow. uh, and that sort of that is not anywhere near the way it is here in Australia, but. You know, you and I well, would have went to work plenty of times that way. Um, um, but certainly they've got a, a somewhat a proactive approach there. But here we just accept people just to be to be able to, you know, get on with it. And, and, and you know, if they do wipe themselves out, just, just keep going around that, that cycle, that circle. And it's a, yep. it's a hamster wheel to nowhere primarily. Uh, and I just believe... You know, this podcast is, is a good platform for people like yourself to come on so you can actually start to talk about it so that can help your journey be able to help others arrest that a little bit earlier than 48, you know. Yeah, 100%. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned from it, um, because I'm about to be a father again, right. is that, yeah, is that kids, all kids need from you is love and support. Mm. And so we have an obligation as parents to do the work to let go of the intergenerational trauma and patterns uh, to stop the perpetuation of ineffectiveness, pain, tragedy, uh, rejection, shame, whatever, mm. you know. Uh, but it starts with the work on ourselves. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And being able to be brave enough to do that—that's um, that, the thing. You, you you had to go to right to the bottom of the ladder before you yep. could uh, you could actually start to climb back up. And you know, it's 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 a shame, but uh, it's what actually has to happen to a lot of us before we realise. Well, I've got to I've got to do something. The ego comes uh, comes in handy then. You know, it comes in handy to yep. be able to give us drive and. Uh, the ability to be able to uh, to get uh, ourselves back on track, but uh, it's amazing how society continues to promote the things that are destructive to us consistently and and, and lets us sort of fall into that hole. I just really believe um, we're at a pivotal time in humanity now where we can start to do things that actually uh, provide a pre-ability approach rather than a re-ability approach. So why? Why sort people out when they're damaged? Let's actually get to them before so they can learn the tools to be able to be more self-aware and give them the, the power to tune in every day to make themselves feel balanced and grounded because you were really unbalanced for years. That's why you were behaving a certain way and you were obstructing a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, you know, the thing I think that I draw strength from and I think the thing that society needs more of uh, people who come out and actually say, you know what, I was completely off the rails and, and I completely turned my life around by actually owning it, by being ready, by being willing. And if I can do it, you can do it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that's so important. And to have more people who have walked the path showing up as mentors or support or or being there in the community for those people who are at that point who are willing to stand up and say, yeah, I, I'm, I want something better for myself and I'm going to maybe fall over, but I, I, I need somebody who can believe in me. Yeah, mate. It's amazing. I, I run a men's circle and that's, that's sort of 
going really well, but it's going to expand. But people with that exact, uh, with those exact words are popping up all the time. You know, yeah. uh, this is what they want. You know, they were no different than you, where they may have got lost through their childhood and got into adult life and just got confused. Uh, but by having a, a pack around them, a tribe around them, where people with the same lived experience can come together, then it's an opportunity to be able to, you know, be vulnerable and start to, to learn to grow. And, and that's difficult from people from our generation, you know, uh, yeah. that were born uh, last century, um, which wasn't that long ago. But um, certainly, you know, we, we had that uh, that fear uh, sensation embedded, uh, embedded in us very young and we weren't able to sort of shake that or a lot of us don't shake that. We sort of direct our lives down the work path where we, th- we think the, the consumerism and the, um, and the uh, I suppose, the material world is what it's all about. But uh, I've, made, I've had multiple conversations with old men that have, that have got to the end of their life and they've said, what the fuck was that all about? Because they've, they've never tapped into their happiness. Yeah. Never been able to do things that really made them feel uh, fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I think what I really loved about what you said then um, was about the tribe, about the men's group. And uh, I've just recently joined a men's group in the Blue Mountains here, and it, it's changed things significantly and quickly because, you know, being brought up in, you know, born in the late 60s, uh, you know, you, the example of men was very, 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 very dysfunctional. Mm. And so to show up to a group of men and listen to 12 or 14 men speak from an open-hearted place really vulnerably about what's going on for them and, and what's coming up and past issues. And it, it it changed me straight away. The first session, I was just like, I had so much hope that I that I hadn't experienced before because I, I didn't realise that this could be possible. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think the more that we can do that um, for people who are at that transition phase or ready to change or at a turning point or at the low. I mean, you know, so often you have to go right, right down to the bottom of the barrel. People choose that and that's their turning point. Yeah. You know, if, if they have access to that kind of structure and that kind of, you know, group dynamic, it's amazing. It can be all the difference. I, um, I had thoughts come back to me then, mate. When I was a young fella, I, I developed a really you know, a drinking problem in, in my youth uh, because I felt that disconnection. And um, I remember going to a drug and alcohol place and like just knocking on the door and sort of scrambling around. And then I felt like there was no tribe, so I left straight away. And then I just went back on that hamster wheel again. But yep. um, but now things have changed, you know, so much for the better in that aspect where someone can come along and talk and they're not judged. They're not in those yes. low levels of consciousness that you described, like judgment, guilt, shame, yep. all that. That that's the way yep. I felt for for probably twenty years. You know, uh, that that was yep. it. That was embedded in my cells. You know, I couldn't go and talk about stuff uh, because. Um, because of fear of, um, of, of feeling guilty and shameful and so forth. And um, yeah, we've got to a, a critical time in humanity now where we can actually start to be open and, and start to learn the things that actually help us to thrive because that's all we want as humans. We all want to feel that sense of belonging, uh, the yes. sense, of, sense of being part of something and also the love, like some love. And 
I always like look at nature and just look at birds going around in, in flocks together and, and other animals interacting together. But the, look, this is the key, Tim. Now, this is, this is a really important part of our conversation is to not let what society is trying to do disconnect us. Because yeah. society has like, got all these things about uh, you know, trying to keep us separate uh, but if we're actually able to sort of rise up and stand up against that, then all of a sudden we can get back to our innate human nature and that's being connected to yourself, but also connected to others around you. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and I feel like the way that that's kind of manifesting itself now is, is like it's transcending by going back to what always worked, mm. the indigenous ways or like the old ways, which were community yeah which were circles were which were men's business and women's business mm. which was holistic which was na- nature based and naturally based there's so many things now that we can do for our own healing um to discover ourselves go to a, uh, a deeper aspect of ourselves to heal to forgive ourselves and others mm. that has no drugs it's it's not chemistry at all it's it's a physics based approach, yeah. which is you know sound movement, uh, breath work, um, men's groups, like there's so many like kinesiology, Reiki, like where did, the the list just doesn't end. There's so many beautiful healing modalities now that don't take don't have you putting on weight, don't make you suicidal, mm. uh, have zero side effects. Uh, and aren't even that expensive. And it gets us back to our, our humanology, mate. And, you know, this is the thing. I just we've been, I, I guess we've been really conditioned to uh, go down that clinical model. Um, but what yeah. we're doing now is, I just think we're we're actually starting to see the, the the tide turning, where people are starting to become more aware and intuitive and curious about what they can actually do. Because there's evidence of people like yourself that have been able to to really heal a lot of them have been on this podcast and there's many more to come that have actually yeah. like taken uh, a different route and, and that's taken them to a, a much higher level of consciousness but also realisation and awareness of themselves uh, and that was with you when you were a little boy and I talk about that a lot, you know, that connection you had with yourself and nature before we sort of got yeah. uh, you know, d- diverted from that and, um, and this is where you know, the next part of our conversation will weave into the healing aspect um, and I've sort of come into it um, by default, you know. Uh, I was, I was, uh, you know, a, a heavy drinker and all that type of stuff too. And I got into fitness because I thought that was the way. And fitness took me into being a bit more conscious, and I wanted to realise what I could do to, you know, feel good without putting my body through so much trauma. And that led me to meditation, to yoga, to 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 you know sound healing now which uh which has been a really profound thing uh for me as an individual to be able to help manage my own nervous system and manage my own mental health too and um now i'm helping others sort of explore and, and understand that and that's something that i never would have uh, considered but i guess um you know through my own journey i've been able to get to a point now where i really appreciate uh what's available to be able to help us get back to our calm natural state um, which is our birthright, basically. And to be able to tap into that every day, religiously, to, uh, to feel that sense of, of being within yourself, 
helps you feel good within yourself and that helps you connect with the right people with the right energies which are on the same yeah. frequency as you yeah 100 percent. and I, and i think um the thing the word that came up when you were talking then was actually accountability mm. like when when we actually we take responsibility for ourselves and our past uh and our present which is essentially taking responsibility for our future, we step into accountability. Yeah, well, I guess quite a few people that have been on this uh, podcast have said they played the victim for years, you know, they played the victim. Yeah. That, that's, that's fine, there's nothing wrong with that because a lot of, a lot of what you, you'd taken on was not your fault, you know. It was, yeah. like, it was actually like brought upon you and, and you, 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 you took that into your body and, and it's, it's natural to be able to cry for help uh and that's what that's what people are doing when they're when they're like that but um you know we've, we've got we've got the wrong approach where we might push those people down but if we put their arm their arms around them that can actually help yeah. them heal and, and then they can learn ways to to manage and look after themselves yeah and i think that's one thing that i really love probably the most about sound healing um, is that it is essentially you doing you. Yeah. I think so often I was looking for external um, influences or factors to fix me, which is still kind of victim mode. But sound healing is a beautiful way to connect into yourself uh, with breath work and sound um, and to actually, it takes you somehow to a part of yourself where you can connect and get such unique kind of understanding of what's coming up and releasing emotions and like literally have visions of you know past experiences that are attached to what's happening and for me that was probably the thing that helped me to heal the most mm. because it was actually all with me all along and only i can really know what shaped me and so therefore if I find something like sound healing, that's a way for me to go deep within myself and to actually find acceptance and forgiveness for myself and what's happened for in my past and then take responsibility for it and then transform that into something that can help others to heal, mm. that's a miracle. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I agree. I'll give you um, uh, 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 an example of, of my experience with this. I, I'm a, a yoga teacher, I'm a kundalini yoga teacher, um, uh, meditation teacher, all that, but my mind was always busy when there was sound going on, right? Like we'd have big gongs played to us in, in Shavasana when we did our kundalini yoga teacher training, and that's meant to penetrate everything, and my mind yeah. was still going, you know? Um, <laughs> uh, and anyway, like, last year, I, I, was, I was actually living on the Gold Coast, and I lived with a couple of sound healers, and I was still in that sort of mode of tension, and... Laura that I lived with, she said, I'll do a healing on you. So I lied, I lied on a, a bed thing and she tapped a 12-inch uh, a crystal bowl and straight away my mind just went quiet. Yeah. I, I just dropped into that theta state, you know, and from there, like she, she played instruments, so I went into a, a zone of, uh, you know, just feeling, uh, you know, aware, awake, but not, not so, you know. So just yeah. total, total surrender. And that, that actual session gave me tremendous rest and healing, you know, and that, that actually really changed my philosophy with uh, the power of sound and what that can actually do to penetrate our, 
ourselves and uh, and really help uh, our mental health. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I was talking to a breathwork practitioner recently, and and she was saying if you go back and look throughout history, the one thing that nearly every indigenous tribe had in common was that they used breathwork and they used sound. Yeah, yep. And it's like, you know, this was before all this technology came along that supposedly made our world better, mm. uh, which obviously hasn't, like our depression and anxiety rates are through the roof, obesity is through the roof, like prescription drug uses, everything is getting progressively worse mm. and, and because they're not selling cures, they're selling drugs. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's like the call really for humanity is to come back to what always served us. Yeah, it's what was meant for us, I guess, uh, as humans, you know, the, this, this is why we're put on the earth, this is what we need to do to survive and look after each other. But we've been denatured and we've actually gone away from that. Yeah, totally agree, mate. And, and you know, it's beautiful, like, that people like you and I can have a conversation and, and mate, two, not long, just over two years ago, I was a shop fit, I was building restaurants and cafes. Right. You know, I was turning up with a bunch of tradespeople and I was turning an empty shop into a cafe or a restaurant. And then, you know, you can have a huge awakening um, and like I did and uh, I found sound healing and I was just like, I was made for this. Mm. I, I, this is why I came to earth. Mm. And, and for me, it was just the discovery of my divine life purpose and all of these natural skills and abilities that I brought with me into this life for that purpose that had been lying mostly dormant until that moment yeah yeah I'm, I'm having the same realizations i was i was told by my mother who's a, who's a beautiful lady that i didn't have a musical bone in my body <laughs> yeah so, so so i believed that you know i picked up a guitar I, I couldn't play it but with with this i feel a deep connection of myself going into the instrument and that instrument's vibrating me out yeah you know that's 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 what i'm getting from it and um uh yeah that's that's certainly helped my 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 ability to be able to to self-regulate and this is something that i want to try and do to help others to learn tools to manage their mental health through an instrument or, or through something that they can um that they can use every day to help them get grounded yeah well it's interesting the the, the guy i did a mentorship with for sound he landed six month mentorship back in 2019 um he was he would always tell us that the brain is the most active uh when somebody is playing music if you are making or playing music that is the most activated the brain can get mm. as far as they're aware the second most active is if you're listening to music really? or sound okay yeah so it stimulates something within our physiological bodies uh that is intense i know that from an energetic perspective, like a soul perspective, a cellular perspective, it also, it has an impact. So, you know, it's, it's some, one of those things that you can't quantify yet in science because we just aren't there, but it works and it's worked for thousands of years. Mm. And I'm not absolutely, I'm not really that interested in the science of it. I'm interested in the intention behind it and the results. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it speaks for itself. Like my life has completely transformed in in the last two years, and predominantly because I've been practicing sound healing every week. Yeah. Yep. 
And it's like, if you're willing to do the work, it doesn't cost anything. I lie down, I do some breath work, I listen to recording. Um, and I've had the most incredible breakthroughs and understandings and become a better father, a better partner, a better business person, a, a better friend. Uh, I've expanded in ways that I didn't know were actually possible. It's unlocked a lot of things that were stored in the body, I guess, hasn't it? And uh, being able to help you realize that you can let go and surrender. And, uh, and once that happens, then the growth and the healing can start to take place. Yeah, 100%. And I think surrender is a really great word. Okay. So much of it is, is surrendering. It's like because God, we were taught not to surrender, never give an inch, you know, every man for himself, dog eat dog. Like, yeah. And it's almost like if we have to unravel the indoctrination uh, that has not served us and surrendering is a beautiful word for it. To be able to do that every day, uh, to be able to like get to that state of letting go, um, yeah. I think is really uh, an untapped resource that we all have within us because, geez, a lot of people have got trauma in their cells, mate, well, just about everyone. But whether it's the, yeah. guy, the guy in the prison, the kid in year 12, the, um, the guy that's running a business, the guy that's driving his car to work amongst traffic, there's all that yep. tension, lots of tension, you know, but if you can spend time every day to recalibrate and just let go of that tension and, and really surrender and let, let, let go is the, is the word, the words, you know, yep. you can actually get back to connection with yourself and connection with everything. And, um, and that's what the, the power of vibration and sound can actually do. It gets us connected with, with our, our, our whole innate knowing of what we're meant to be sort of doing here as humans and oh yeah that's what it's all about you know you get back to that yeah. sort of feeling again yeah 100 percent. and i feel and i feel like it's it's connecting the truth and connecting the truth which is what you were pretty much what you were saying and as we connect to our truth we start to be able to speak our truth and we start to tell the truth and it shifts things like i find with my 12 year old son now it's i have a completely different relationship than what i had three years ago yeah and if something happens with him like yesterday a prime example like we gone to play 10 pin bowling and then we we're going we're just going to grab something to eat after it and he was like oh can we get takeaway i'm like no we're going to sit down and eat it's only going to be 15 minutes and he was like oh i want to go home and watch the footy mm. and i was like inside i was feeling like fuck you, like, you know, you ungrateful little shit. Yeah. Um, but underneath that was, I'm hurt. Yeah. I feel like you don't want to spend time with me. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, like, about 10 minutes after we'd had the food and whatnot, I had a conversation with him. I said, mate, you know, I love you. I want to spend time with you. Like, it actually, I feel hurt when I feel like you want to, want to go quickly and like just really open and authentic mm. um and and then there's nothing in the space yeah but if if you have that vibration of feeling hurt or rejected or whatever and you don't clear that it, it's it gets stored in your body and that keeps showing up in future interactions and and deeper reactions and then guess what the family traits keep Rolling circulating on. and circulating for another yeah. generation or two you wouldn't have been able to have that conversation with your dad and, and i wouldn't have been able to with mine mate because he'd get to that that first base and he wouldn't go past it i i still can't yeah yeah i i, I can't i try mm. 
Um, uh, but it's just, I, I just don't think he can't handle it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, and you got to it's see almost that like passion. Yeah, I, I absolutely. It's been a, it's been a hell of a road because, um, you know, I stand, I now stand here and go, I'm offering my son what my dad could never offer me. Yeah. And so I'm grateful that I have the awareness now to be the father that I never had. And I have done so much work on being able to accept that his trauma was just too great and he didn't have the tools to, to deal with it. And, he, and he, he's not in a space where maybe he'll ever do that before he dies. Yeah, it's, yeah look, mate, I, 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 I saw my grandfather before he died and I, I, I saw that, that sort of sense of, um, like, just, I don't know what it was, but it was something that was, you know, saying to me that there's, there's letting go, there's peace and... Um, you know, you, you, your dad will come to that realization before he passes away. And about the, the the real the real the real thing about life is that that sense of love and and just compassion and um, yeah. you know the the sense of um, kindness and gratitude and all those sorts of things which which actually raise our vibration. And uh, because they've yeah. been brought up to be in this reactive flight and fight mode in this sympathetic nervous system from an early yeah. age, mate, that's stayed with him and he's hung onto that his whole life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, my, my dad suffered manic depression um, and I've just only found out in the last month that he's been on medication for that for 30 years. Really? I had no yes. idea. I had no idea. And I wondered why I couldn't connect with him. Mm. Makes perfect sense now. Yeah, and he never felt like he was able to own up about it. No. Mm. No, so... You know, I, I, I feel deeply blessed that we live in this time and at this point in humanity where we have these opportunities and we can come out and say, you know, let's let's do let's do it different. Let's be different. Let's communicate differently. Like we, we have an opportunity now to really shift men in the men community and, and and like we've got some catching up to do yeah look, mate, the ladies are doing ladies yeah. are on they're, they're on the path that they have been for for, for an eternity but i, I just <laughs> i realized something then tim um which is exactly what you're saying i so i use the words own up now that that's a really yeah. that's a really hard um a hard couple of words to use what i what yeah. i should have said was uh, you know, your dad, your dad should have, or not should have, but like could have felt open and, 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 and okay enough to talk about this and express himself, you know. Um, yeah, and, and, and this has been an intergenerational thing for years where um, they, they, they just haven't been able to, to let go. No. No, it, it, it's just, unfortunately, the conditioning was, was so great. But, you know, and the... the I think what you said is is true. We have an opportunity to love them for where they're at, mm. and and I appreciate from my dad that I I got some great people skills. You know, I I have a a, a kind heart, and you know, I go out of my way for people. Mm. That was my dad. Yeah. You know, I I do have a deep spirituality. It's very different to his, but now i feel like oh wow it's kind of ironic but i'm kind of doing what he did without religion con yes. construct yeah a pathway <laughs> that's right absolutely but but back then 
I think a lot of the real innate healings were taken away from the human, you know. Uh, they yeah. were sort of taught to follow a path, whether you be Catholic, Protestant, um, you know, uniting, whatever the religion may be, uh, you know, follow yeah. a path. But really that, that, that path is only taking you into so much level of con- consciousness. But the real, the real stuff is when you're connected with yourself and, and creation, I suppose, and, and universal consciousness perhaps. And uh, because yeah. we're sort of gone down a you know, a team culture or, or, you know, you're, you're this or you're that, that creates separation and judgment. And I believe that's not, you know, ideal. Uh, I believe we've got to have a tribe, but there really should yep. not be any real attachment to that because that attachment, um, if you are labeling yourself as something can cause, you know, identity crisis and suffering at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the thing too is we're, we're kind of, we're at the point of creating a new paradigm. And what we're talking about is a new paradigm. And that can be, you know, um, like-minded collaborations. That can be sharing. Uh, that can be vulnerability, authenticity uh, from a men's perspective. It can be showing up being loving and supportive as partners, being trustworthy, you know, being focused. Like all of the things that I, I certainly wasn't able to do until recent times mm. when, when, you know, I pretty much, you know, had my awakening and, and met my current partner and mm. I, I realised it is possible. We can be honest. We can be trustworthy. We can be committed. Uh, and it's amazing. Mm. Mm. It's not easy, but it's incredible. Yeah. And if you're in someone which in a relationship with someone that's got the same same feelings, thoughts and emotions, um, that's that's beautiful. And this is where, you know, we, we're going to talk more on this podcast about it as time goes on with, with women, get them on, talk about relationships. But we come into relationships to try and heal ourselves and we're usually quite broken and we're looking yeah. looking for that within someone else to someone to actually like try and heal us. But if you've already done the healing and the, the, the partner comes along uh, that's of the same vibration, then all of a sudden the relationship works as it's meant to, you know. Uh, we're not sort of... Uh, uh, taking different paths and so forth, and that's why we we seem to to struggle with um, with long lasting relationships in modern society because we just don't understand ourselves. And I always say, before you say I love you, you first must understand I. Yeah, yeah, it's very true, and and it is possible, and and the right person will will be a mirror to you. You know, like I find that we go through waves, like of you know I'll be confronting something. And then she'll she'll be a support in that a lot of the time. Then she'll be going through stuff. I can be there for her, mm. and it kind of switches around. But instead of like being kind of triggered by the fact that something's going on for them, and then pulling away because you feel rejected, or you, which just then creates this cycle of dysfunction. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of relationships don't work because they're not actually ready to do their healing or support the other person when they're going through their healing because they make it about themselves. Yeah, that, that's true. I, and I was the same. I, I, I was exactly like that. I sort of, when I, when I say healing, I went into this fitness um, mindset and pushed my body really hard. And I just got to a stage where I was taking a different path and I was disconnected, um, you know, from yeah. my wife. But, uh, uh, yeah, I never really had the ability to be able to understand at the time where I was going, I just knew I was pushing myself to where uh, I wanted to be as a young boy and never really had the ability to be able to sort of 
you know, appreciate what my wife was, um, was going through in our relationship and all those sorts of things. And, and that was through lack of consciousness and so forth too. Yeah. And, you know, my ex-wife was a beautiful, always a beautiful lady. And um, I just was able to, unfortunately, um, get to a stage where our relationship, you know, was not going to last. But I was, uh, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you if I hadn't have, you know, been brave enough to move away from that because, I, I wouldn't have been fulfilled as a human um, unless I'd been able to explore some of the things that I'm exploring now. And um, it's taken, it takes me a lot of courage to say that, but um, uh, I guess uh, with, with, with that particular relationship, uh, you know, we come together, we had similar interests and so forth at the time, but we drifted apart. And um, I just think relationships really should be something that you go on this journey together and you're so... You're so uh, aware of each other's thoughts, feelings, and emotions to be able to s- express yourself openly, and I could never do that. I could never talk about how I felt, yeah. and uh, and that was a real trap. And that gets me back to that feeling of emptiness that I had when I was a little fella, like you were talking about, yeah. uh, where you're not feeling like you're you're hurt or you're uh, not able to um, you know have that feeling of love. I guess, yeah, 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 and yeah, and I think you know we have to go through those relationships that I mean leaving that relationship with my wife was a 13 year relationship that was by far and away the longest relationship I'd ever had like so far Mm. and yet I could still see so much dysfunction that I brought to it yes yeah which was which was powerful it was powerful only because I had to own it and then go right okay well where do I start with this I I don't want to keep showing up as this guy anymore He's a homewrecker. Yeah. <laughs> but see, mate, it would have been so easy just to go back onto the same old, same old, just go get another partner and then just get on that sort of temporary happy train and not get anywhere. But you were, you were so um, blessed to be able to sort of pick it up and arrest it at the time to be able to see where you were going. And, um, um, you know, that, that's taken to us having this conversation and to where you are now, mate. Yeah, and and you know what, it, it is, it is difficult because, for me, I I pretty much the, I, I I left all my friends. They were still doing the same stuff. Yeah. So you, you go through this dark night of the soul where it's like, who are my tribe? Where do I fit in? Like, none of the people that I used to spend time with, I resonate with anymore. They're not bad people. They're just doing the same stuff. Yeah. that I used to do. I'm doing stuff that they think is wacky and, and weird. And it's like, this is my new normal and I love it. Yeah. So you have to go through that period of, of loneliness and self-discovery mm-hmm. and, you know, really soul searching. And then the, you knew, I've got a saying, my wife and I have a saying, as your vibe rise, rises, your tribe rises. That's right. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. And, and then we don't understand people started people. showing up. Yeah, mate, look, I, 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 when my wife and I spoke, I said, no, I've got to get myself right before I even explore another relationship uh, and spent a lot of time, um, you know, alone sitting in meditation, doing all those sorts of things, understanding where things were for me, why I react a certain way, where those behaviours come from, whether it was intergenerational and so forth. And uh, being able to like sort of have my consciousness as a point where I could sort of see where my thoughts are going and my higher higher levels of awareness and consciousness were able to sort of, you know, step in and say, well, no, you're, you're, going, um, you're going about this uh, the, the old way. We, we can look at this differently. And uh, having those uh, 
those moments of awareness where you just don't sort of take a, a traditional pathway that may not have served you previously. And this is where you know, meditation's been so good for me to be able to tune in every day. And it's the same with sound. Like, sound will get you back to that neutral mind where you start to feel, you know, like like you can make the right calls on things because it actually it serves your higher vibration rather than your lower vibration, I guess, as well. That's yeah, talking yeah meditation was huge. That was probably one of the first things that I I grounded into after giving up substances was daily meditation. Mm. That was kind of the starting point and then and then it flowed from there and opened up from there. So yeah, I I, I can't imagine where I would be if I hadn't have begun meditating. Mm, that's great. And then it's, it's so difficult for, for guys of our generation to do that. And a lot of farmers listen to this and you know people on the land of that and they're sort of busy with their lives. But one thing I know, um, the human mind is very fast. It works, it works quickly. And if we don't learn things to control that and come back through the gears, back to that neutrality, then we all, all of a sudden end up you know, with a mental imbalance or a physical imbalance that shows up in our body with disease. And you know, I think meditation really gets us back to that sense of being and peace and a uh, sense of calm, which is, which is our birthright, basically, to, to be in that space. So, so being able to do things on a daily basis, which actually connects you to a feeling of meditation, being in that sense of calm is, um, is something I, I believe we all need to do, particularly in modern society, because we're so busy and we're so... Um, you know, diverted and distracted from you know, that, that sense of uh, inner knowing that we all have within us. Yeah, 100%, man, 100%. And I think also people, if people just shifted their perception of what meditation was, maybe even to begin with, um, they would realise that they are probably doing meditation sometimes without even knowing it. Yeah, I talk about it with you guys know. in the men's group when they go fishing, they're, they're relaxed, you know, things that they're actually doing that make them feel calm. But, you know, to be able to get that into a routine and do something yep. uh, that you can do every day for, for, for some self-care, I think is really important. And, uh, you know, using a bowl, for example, it's a great way to learn meditation, you know, playing that for 10 yep. minutes and then being able to sit and go through a meditation practice is a, is a terrific um our gateway into it, mate. So, I just wanted to, um, to to end our conversation with a bit about what you're doing. So, you're actually doing what you love now as your passion. You're not you're not working in a supermarket anymore, or uh, you're not doing uh, shop fitting. You're actually doing something that you're really passionate about. What is it? Yeah, look, we we started our business Source eighty eight, and um, we do all sorts of things. Sound healing is probably woven into nearly everything that we do, uh, which. You know, we do use crystal singing bowls a lot, but we also uh, use a lot of our vocals and drums and clapping sticks and, you know, shakers, all sorts of beautiful things. Mm. Um, we do one-on-one -on -one life transformation coaching, helping people kind of move through their turning points or move through the transformation stage of their life so they don't have to do it on their own like we did. Yeah. <laughs> um, just really being a support there for them and, and giving them some tools and techniques to to be able to get past where they've always been stopped. Yeah. Um, I'm, doing this, I'm launching a sound healing mentorship program where I'm actually teaching people in a five-month program how to use instruments, their voice, how to integrate it into different programs, uh, practical, and um, also, you know, going out, part of it is going out and doing one-on-one -on -one sessions with people, going and doing group sessions, and then creating your own events. Yeah. And we do workshops and crystal bowl set, um, training um, events. And yeah, it's all 
completely different. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? Like, you, you wouldn't have thought, you know, all those years ago you would have got to where you are now. But, mate, I think it was all bubbling away under the surface. You, 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 you knew um, uh, within, your, within yourself that there was something better. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you got to a point where you, 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 you turned the, the right corner to be able to find that. And everything, once you, yeah. you, you're vulnerable and you're open and you do surrender, these things will start to, to happen and appear for you. So, um, mate, I really congratulate you for, for your journey. You should be really proud of yourself to where you've been, for what you've gone through to where you are now. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Aaron. I mean, I, and I really feel that. Um, and, you know, to now have my partner, she's, you know, 16 weeks pregnant and mm. to having my third child on the way and I just feel like, uh, I'm just so blessed and to be making a difference in my life, to be making a difference in, in other people's lives and helping them to make a difference in their lives is, is a dream come true, really. It's a dream I never knew I had. Yeah, that's it. And I just, mate, I, I really want to be able to help people find that, you know, find what it is that they really enjoy, you know. Uh, yeah. That, 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 that are the key words, enjoy and and. That, that sense of joy is a bit in all of us. If we can follow that pathway, then all of a sudden we're, we're doing something that makes us feel, you know, incredibly connected with ourselves, uh, not disconnected with ourselves like so many of us do. And if we can start to, you know, create a lifestyle around that, you know, how beautiful life can be. And that's available to all of us, I think, mate. So I'm really grateful yeah. for you for spending time with me, Tim. I'm sure there's going to be lots of people that listen to this conversation and get a lot out of it. And I hope they, they contact you and be able to get some tools that can help with their own healing and, um, and be able to, you know, basically learn a meditation and practice through an instrument and the, the wonderful stuff that you provide there. So I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, Baron, thank you so much for having me on. You know, it's a, it's a, a gift to share with people. And, you know, I'm a Queenslander originally, so, you know, I felt like I came home for an hour. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There'll be people listening to this all around the country, and hopefully a few are overseas. So uh, it spreads pretty quick. Uh, but um, yeah, there's uh, there's you know primarily lots of guys, but also lots of women that listen to this. And um, yeah, I just think the, the 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 tool of learning to be calm is in your hands with a bowl, and I just think that's so powerful to be able to connect. And if you can teach people how to use that properly. Um, they're all of a sudden on this journey to, to find their truth, which what you've done, mate. So I'm really grateful for yep. your chat. Yeah, it's really interesting. I'll, I'll probably the last thing I'll say is that um, in my meditation yesterday, I realized when my partner and I first met, uh, her name's Elise, when Elise and I first met, we said, we're here to raise the vibration of the planet. Yeah. Right? And we didn't really understand what that meant. And it struck me yesterday in my meditation that we sell crystal singing bowls now. This is like an integral part of what we do. And we are literally raising the vibration of the planet. Through an instrument. And it was yeah. just like this moment, defining moment of like, oh, that's what that meant. Mm-hmm. That's right. Oh, I, I agree. I think you're, you're so blessed to be able to be in a uh, relationship with someone that's got the same, uh, you know, spirit, spark, uh, vibration yeah. that can help create that within others as well. And if we can all do that, mate, the world will be much more balanced and, and, and better because people are starting to live in harmony again. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing uh, your podcast and, you know, really investing in the community and to people's lives through this. And I really appreciate the opportunity, mate, to come on here. I really, I really feel blessed. Yeah, cheers. Appreciate it, brother.
Guys, how good was that? Um, I'm so blessed and grateful that people like Tim can come onto this podcast and talk openly and honestly about what they've been through and uh, their journeys. Uh, I just think it's, I feel so lucky that uh, we can actually talk about these things now because, geez, Tim and I and and many others felt so trapped and uh, isolated about talking about what was really going on for us. And now we're able to open up and express that. It gives us a great opportunity to to move forward and be better people and um, that benefits not only ourselves but everyone around us so um, yeah I hope you enjoyed our chat if you'd like to touch base I'd really appreciate your feedback um, my email is support at outbackmind.com.au or the website is uh, outbackmind.com.au so and if you want to check out um, yeah, Tim's website source88.com.au I'm pretty sure it is and look at uh, what they actually do uh, him and his partner they're doing some great things and as I said if you can utilize an instrument to be able to teach yourself meditation geez it takes our um our knowing and understanding and awareness of ourselves to another level so really um um yeah be uh be grateful if you could check where what what Tim's doing because I think it's it's tremendous so appreciate your time uh, listening guys I'll talk to you soon I've got another few podcasts coming up this week so I'll get them uh, out as soon as I possibly can and uh enjoy your support and uh appreciate you being here thank you very much cheers